0: The emergency disrupt system is now activated. The ship will detonate in t we'll 10 seconds.
1: 9, Okay, welcome back to the Escape Pod. My name is Ryan. I'm Nathan. Nathan, it's nice to hear your voice.
0: Yeah, it's been a while.
1: I feel like we've been staring at each other across this Escape Pod for weeks.
0: Yeah, extended stasis.
1: Yeah, just kind of eyeing each other with a a broken VCR on the floor in the center with (laughs) an old tape hanging out of it. Just like eyeing that thing.
0: Yeah, it's a vintage Escape Pod, I guess. Hmm. I think for this movie, we had to break out the uh, laser disc, though.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> it made it all the way to laser disc, huh? Oh no,
0: I'm sure it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it didn't either. I'm excited to talk about one person in particular who shows up in this movie. Boy,
1: let me guess, who could that be? Um, well, I guess I'll just I'll let the suspense.
0: Well, I I, I, can't, I can't I can't.
1: You can't hold it in. No,
0: it's not. It's it's not an on screen appearance. It's a writer's credit. Oh, tell me. Dan O'Bannon. <laughs> Get the hell out. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not kidding. Honest to God. You're not I, kidding. No, his name was on the opening credits. So I double-checked. He helped write the screenplay.
1: Wait a minute. He would have been like five.
0: Dan O'Bannon? Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Wait, which one did you watch? Yeah. uh Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. The 1983 one. No. Oh, no. Do we do it? Or 1986. It's got the date on the the spreadsheet.
1: Does it not say uh, 1953?
0: Invaders from Mars. God. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. How many hours have we wasted if you put all of our technical difficulties together?
1: Well, you know, it's a learning process.
0: It's clearly not. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) Well. Yeah. Since uh, you
1: viewed the 1986 Invaders from Mars, and I viewed the 1953 Invaders from Mars, we have a problem here. I think we should uh, maybe go back into our chambers and view those movies. Yes. uh, And maybe we'll do it. Either we'll do a double feature kind of thing, um, or... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or we'll just skip one of them. We'll... we'll uh Okay. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Well, we're definitely going to have to talk about the one from 1986, no matter what, because... Well, because Dan O'Bannon. One... Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely becoming the Dan O'Bannon podcast. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm game. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll go watch it tonight, maybe even. In the meantime, we'll <laughs> go through a time warp, and we'll present you with one of the versions of Invaders from Mars.
0: Yeah. We'll just have to go into a wormhole and then we don't know where it's going to come out.
1: Right. Maybe not even in this universe. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah.
0: Start your computations
1: for time warp. (laughs) Let's have some music in here, Boiler. Sure thing. The other is looking for something else, because the other is a completely original human
0: being. Obano. We've we'll said for this person, this person will be the
1: person. Obano. It's a completely original human being. All right, welcome back. You're listening to Dark Star, a Dan O'Bannon podcast about Dan O'Bannon. Nothing.
0: <laughs> I just I was letting you roll.
1: Oh, <laughs> I need you to yes and me there. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> or 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 be like, what the fuck are you talking
0: about? <laughs> I had two choices and I didn't. I, did, I did neither of them. Uh, yeah. So what what Dan O'Bannon stories are we going to be? T- talking about tonight
1: well this week on the dan o'bannon podcast we're going to talk about 1986's remake of the 1953 invaders from mars
0: yeah screenplay by dan o'bannon the
1: 1986 version which you said that uh you had a lot of connection to or at least memories of
0: yeah, I put it on the list um as something I wanted to watch because I remember having watched it once as a kid. I don't remember I don't remember where or when uh if it was in a the theater or probably cable TV, but it has all these images within it that stuck with me. Like I'll see something and it'll remind me of this movie, and I used to wonder like what even this movie was. It wasn't until like we had a good search engine where I could start I started searching for like Mars or like alien <laughs> aliens invade looking for copper like i remember you know it's like i remember they had like stolen his pennies or something so it was like movie where aliens steals kids pennies and i remember searching for it a couple times and not actually coming up with an answer until more recently that's a pretty good weird little
1: piece of minutia yeah. that's stuck in uh, stuck in your gray matter cuz that that is a very very Small like E or F plot point, yeah. In in this in this movie,
0: maybe I was terrified that they were going to steal my my coin collection.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 man. Wait, did you actually have a coin collection, or you're talking about like your penny jar?
0: I yeah, I don't think I had a coin collection. Okay. I did have I did have a stamp collection for a while. Oh, that's kind of cool. No aliens were stealing stamps. I mean, kind of cool. Yeah, super cool. <laughs>
1: you want to get into it? Yeah. All right. 1986 invaders from mars directed by toby hooper or just tobe don't know i don't know either (laughs) no maybe it's tube so we get some pretty silly credits
0: yeah it was (laughs) superman style oh
1: yeah they're flying at you
0: yeah i thought because of the date of this maybe it was sort of a ripoff on on superman which is a you know blockbuster movie that had come out in a couple of years before this right Ooh. I think a good a good many years before this. Yeah, how I many? Good many, like four. But anyway, I thought I thought well, they're just they're just pulling a Superman thing. But then,
1: 1978, buddy. Oh wow,
0: really? <sighs> but I went back and I watched the 1950s version of this because of our mishap, and uh-huh. like they have a very similar opening, like where the where the titles are flying at you.
1: I think they're trying to do a scary movie. A scary sci-fi movie, but it's also intentionally supposed to be camp at the same time. I mean, do you do you agree with my assessment? Or?
0: Yeah, I think that's right. You don't have to. <laughs> I think that's fine. It's probably, you're probably <laughs> right. I mean, the, the movie posters, all the promotional material for this movie, they definitely push the cheesy 50s horror sci-fi angle. We already mentioned uh, that I was excited to see Dan O'Bannon's name in the opening credits. Uh, the other name that I saw that I was really excited about was Bud Court. All right, I know you're a big Bud Court fan. Yeah, so I, I had no idea he was going to be in this, so I, that got me looking. I was waiting for Bud Court to show up. So you're really excited by this point. Yeah, Daniel Bannon and Bud Court. Can't get better than that. Delicious. Two great tastes that taste great together. How long did
1: it take before your ecstatic heist of excitement kind of went down a couple notches? <laughs>
0: I, don't know, I was in. I was into it. I think because of the connection of when I was a kid, I kept just seeing all these scenes that explained ideas that I'd had. Oh, right. On. There's a there's a ton of them. So
1: this really did get
0: in to your brain. Yeah, it starts off with a, a father and son like lying looking at the stars and there's like a really nice amount of swearing like right off of the bat by both of them
1: Smart ass. this is a clearly a liberal household
0: holy shit okay yeah i guess i mean it seemed like i don't even know what it seemed like it just was uh they're definitely making a point but i guess i didn't know what it was
1: jeez well i think they're they're making the point that this family unit the mom and dad and their their one son are super super close and they're super supportive of each other. And they have this very intimate swearing. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like it's really loose. They really know each other. You know, they uh, they fawn over him. But they also, you know, are teaching him. They're a- they're both actively involved in teaching him to be like a good person. And they have this relationship. <laughs> okay. You know, like, he got him a special penny.
0: Penny. 58D. Mint condition. Wow. Thanks you know yeah yeah right the kid's clearly a nerd the father's a nerd right he's a scientist of some kind they put him to bed and his room is filled with everything that in this you know this year was in every like nerd kids wish list of like nasa astronomy science robot
1: look he's an only child he's a spoiled brat he's got fucking everything in the world and he's got these parents that dote on him. Yeah, but it seems like they're doing a good job, regardless of all these things that maybe strikes against him in the future growing up. Yeah, <laughs> it's so idealized that it's it strains credulity. But it's it's all for contrast, right? Yeah, for
0: sure. Because yeah, things are going to change. We see in the room. There's the penny. We mentioned that. There's like a huge spotlight on some M and M's. Oh, I didn't know like that. it's like very. What the kid's got a fucking jar of M and M's in his room. Yeah, they really trust him. And we, we learned, like, the mom's in school, so they like the, the mother and the son are both, like, you know, tired to go to bed because we both have to go to school in the morning. Well, maybe we should introduce the characters. That the son's name is David. Yeah. We have
1: David Gardner and the father, Mr. George Gardner, played by Timothy Bottoms. And Lorraine Newman plays the mom, Ellen Gardner. And they put young master David to bed after their stargazing.
0: And we have a sudden big thunderstorm, right? Yeah, big rainstorm. Thunder and lightning. He gets out of bed, looks out his window. There's a telescope in the window, and he he sees over the horizon. There's a a spaceship landing. Which is like an Edison ball
1: with something CGI'd inside of it. I don't know how they did it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of of bright color, and it definitely seemed to have a physical form, like an actual ship. It wasn't just a ball of light coming down. He sees this flying saucer or flying crazy orb and
1: wakes up his parents. They're like, all right, well, you had a crazy dream. Go back to bed. Of course.
0: The dad thinks maybe it's ball lightning. They don't make him seem like he's crazy. They just try to talk it out. And the dad says, well, you know, it's it's rainy and muddy out right now, but I'll go look first thing in the morning. So, you know, he's giving his kids some credit, but he doesn't think it's a UFO. Sure, because, you know, they support him.
1: I bet it was ball lightning. No, Dad, I know what ball lightning is. It wasn't that. It
0: was something else. A UFO, it must have been. Right, The 1950s one, though, the dad is, like, kind of on board with the idea of it being UFO much quicker.
1: This is a really interesting difference that I dig about that era of the 53 one, you know, where they're kind of like, there are several adults adults in the movie that are willing to hear him out. Like, well, I'm a scientist, so nothing is unproven You know, until I, nothing, is. you know what I mean? Yeah, but
0: are you talking about the 50s one or the 80s one?
1: Like, in the 50s one, there are several adults that are willing to, like, consider it. Like, the dad, he's like, well, go back to bed, son. And you can tell that he's like, huh. And then, like now, in the 86 one, both the dads mentioned like, the base.
0: Yeah. They have the ability to play up two things. Like, in the 50s, there was a real, like, the space race was happening. We didn't know that Mars didn't have life on it it was very very believable that that there was life on mars and there was martians and we had you know the advent of you know nuclear testing was going on which everybody was afraid might you know, be attracting the attention of aliens possibly there's the cold war yeah. so there's top secret testing going on so like the 50s is really like the beautiful time to have adults who are going to buy in very quickly to the idea of an alien invasion whereas in the 80s you know it was a little bit harder and in fact in, in the 80s version at some point david the young kid there's like a tiny bit of exposition where like they talk about the viking lander and he even says like well i thought the viking lander didn't find life
1: yeah that 33 year gap between these two films a lot of information yeah. got filled
0: although in. we still had we still had hopes of the face and the pyramid which they do i right? they, they mentioned they mentioned <sighs> uh-huh. in the 80s version no way dad
1: i guess we actually are doing a double feature episode. Yeah,
0: but right. it's not going to go for very long because... No, because it's
1: going to diverge quickly.
0: Yeah, it diverges in the 50s one. I mean, I had been drinking, it was late, and that thing put me to sleep. There was so <laughs> much military stock footage that I just... Oh, it went on and on and on. Yeah, I just, at a certain point, I just thought, I just I just don't, I don't give a shit what happens in this movie. <laughs>
1: they put like 150 tanks, Sherman tanks, onto a steam engine? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> it was so. It was so <laughs> ridiculous. It didn't make any sense. I was like, "Are you
1: what? Yeah. Why was there?" <laughs> it was very baffling. As we cut to the next morning, we've got Ellen Gardner, David's mom,
0: writing answers on her hand.
1: Oh yeah, right. For the test she has to take today. I don't know what she's in school for.
0: Reality school. Legal school. I thought it was, like, accounting or something, but...
1: Yeah, I think you're right, accounting, but she's totally writing answers on her yeah, hand. Yeah, and gets
0: busted by her
1: son. What are you doing? It's not what you think. <laughs> and he kind of shrugs his shoulders and goes to the fucking refrigerator and pulls out a Dr. Pepper <laughs>
0: for breakfast. Yeah. This family is crazy. No, it's got, it's got fruit juice in it, right? The Dr. Pepper? Yeah, doesn't it? Prune juice, I think. <laughs> Oh, that's part of the secret formula, huh? Yeah. The doctor knows. Be
1: a pepper, drink Dr. Pepper.
0: I just got some of that Coca-Cola with coffee. It's like vanilla Coke with coffee. It's the most disturbing drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's like three fake flavors that are just beating the shit out of each other for like your attention and your, when you drink it.
1: <laughs> three fake flavors that do not taste good together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Don't do that to yourself. Well, you know. Just crap. Hey, just dump it into the garbage slot. You know.
0: Yeah, I won't be getting any more. Thanks for the review. I won't be getting any <laughs> yeah, either. I'm glad I saved you from that.
1: <laughs> At this point, George walks in in his bathrobe and pajamas, and yeah, he's missing the the slipper, missing one shoe, just like in the OG, and he's considerably sedate, sedate, and acting weird.
0: Yeah, acting weird. Contrast
1: to 53, where he was just. So mean. I wish you'd please learn to mind your
0: own business.
1: Oh, yeah. And that was the whole thing about building up their relationship, right?
0: Yeah, in the 50s when he, like, smacks his kid. Yeah, he backhands him. Yeah. And it's really crazy.
1: Bob wire? But there isn't any bob wire between I called on Bob wire, I said. And here he's just acting like... He's almost buffoonish, but with an undercurrent of, like, darkness.
0: Yeah, it seemed like typical, like, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, like...
1: Not quite right.
0: Yeah, you give you give the person a lot of personality, you know, when you meet them. And then you just have them play this, yeah, sort of dead, sedate, emotionless person. It gives them a really creepy, um, slow-moving,
1: come-hither gesture.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, the son knows right away he's weird. The mom is distracted and is like, you know, whatever. My husband's a kooky scientist. But, like, the kid knows... Okay, he went over the hill, and I saw a UFO, and now he's all weird. And this brings us to, like, the very first strong memory I have from watching this movie is the show the kid discovers on the back of his dad's neck is this, like, little, like, wiggly, you know, thing sticking out the back of the neck. And I remember watching Star Trek, you know, the episode of TNG where... They have that thing on the back of their neck. Uh Uh-huh. And every time I saw that episode, I would think, God, I know I've seen that before. That snorkel. Yeah, exactly. And it was this movie.
1: What is that? After the mom leaves, the dad is just kind of like staring down the sun. And he pours himself a scalding hot cup of coffee. Yeah,
0: that's a great scene.
1: And then dumps like a pack of Tic
0: Tacs in it. Yeah. And then, like, and just like gulps it down. Yeah. And then, like, chews them, does some chewing of the tic tacs. It's a really great scene. Yeah. And then later on in the movie, there's another scene where we know somebody's been possessed. I guess it's the mom. And she's like eating, she says a handful of raw ground beef and she's just taking a bite out of it. And that also is like an especially vivid memory. Like, I think every time I am like holding ground beef, I have that, that, memory is like, oh wow i really got into you well i didn't realize it but i but i definitely like it's sort of living there trying to come to the surface these actors are having a great fucking time
1: so if you have been implanted by a martian whatever mind control beacon you would still be scalded by boiling hot coffee going down your (laughs) esophagus am i right or am i right i mean what (laughs) How does that change his physiology? It's just an aside. I know. It's great. But that's what goes through my brain. I'm like,
0: it's still going to hurt like hell. Yeah. But I mean, like, you could. What if that thing is just pumping him full of PCP? Maybe he's not feeling any pain at all. You're right. Yeah.
1: That's what I wonder is like, is it like making an example of itself or is it (laughs) just confused? (laughs) It's like, watch this shit. Yeah. I mean, why?
0: why, So. The one thread that goes through this whole movie about like what's the hell's going on is like why this kid even matters. These aliens are clearly taking over more, more and more people. The kid knows that. They end this up, is the thing. They, they're chasing the kid. It doesn't matter. The kid's not doing it. Like the kid can't stop them. Like why they put so much effort into it? So like right away, like the kid knows that the dad is possessed. The dad is like, let me walk you to the bus stop. You know, let me walk you to the bus stop in in a creepy way. And the kid's like, you know, oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm good. And, you know, he's like, you were right about, you know, what's over the hill. So, like, they're, like, fucking with the kid, but they're letting him get away. They could they could just either ignore him or they could just get him. But, of course, they don't. It's some middle ground where they just, you know, in order to make the movie happen. And first of all, I think
1: we need to start calling the kid by his name because they say, David. What are you doing, David? In this movie, I don't know. 300 times. Oh yeah. David! People are just shouting David. Right. Left left and right.
0: David are you okay? Well, now we can actually talk about the person who's maybe shouts David the most because the next scene is him at school doing frog dissection and who is that teacher? Oh man, it's fucking Kai Win. It's <laughs> Louise Fletcher. <laughs> Kai Win. You are a nerd. I know. Then it's decided. It's Nurse Ratchet. Yeah, it's Nurse Ratchet. Yeah. It's amazing. God, she's so great. It's pre kai Win. Yep. It's Nurse Ratchet.
1: And she is ratcheting the shit out of it. Yeah. She's a great actor. And I feel like she knows what kind of movie she's in. <laughs> yeah. And she's not holding back at all. No. Please do, Billy. Explain everything. She dominates every scene she's in. She does. She's so
0: good. Yeah. How does she? Yeah. How does she do that? You know, it's not like she has some disfigurement, you know, where she's like, like physically threatening or anything. Like she could be in a leading role where, where she's just a normal person, couldn't she? But she has this ability to just make herself this so threatening. She's really good at being terse. Yeah. It's just amazing because. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she, her face
1: just says it. She's frightening. She's just so good at being frightening and being in command, you know, being an authoritative figure who you do not want to cross. Yeah. David Gardner. So she's the teacher, and she's very like school marmish. She's strict. Uh, she even has like, you know, you and I. I mean, you and. You, here's what I realized, Nathan these kids are like fifth or sixth graders. Or do you think they're fourth graders? I don't like, know. We were fifth. we were right there. Yeah, but none of this looks that familiar to me as far as like like how people are dressed. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Like I didn't wear like button down flannel shirts tucked into fucking fourth, fifth, fourth, sixth. I don't think ever. Unless it was picture day. Did you? No, I don't think so. I mean, we wore like t-shirts and I don't know, like kids polo shirts and whatever did we? the fuck
0: yeah i think i wore kids polo shirts yeah i don't remember but she looks the part just kind of
1: one of those shapeless uh, late middle-aged ladies dresses on but it has like a doily around the collar you know and she's in total command
0: my classroom yeah they're doing frog dissection
1: you know this is frog week i collected these fresh specimens this morning it's not easy, easy.
0: being green
1: She's got one of those tricks to make everyone listen to her and stop what they're doing.
0: Right, by counting or something?
1: Yeah, she counts up to five.
0: <laughs> one, two, three, four, five.
1: And she looks positively like she's had it at all times. Yeah. And they're throwing the frogs around and David, David? cuts his finger on a scalpel. Why don't they still let kids do this? What do you think?
0: I don't think so. I didn't ever do that. I didn't ever you do did it? frog dissection. Uh. Uh-uh. Oh, wow, I did. Did you? Oh, yeah. Oh. but not at this age well when did you do it we did it in seventh grade huh.
1: so i don't know two years later whatever <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they gave us all fucking scalpels and we took those guys apart it's quite disturbing yeah it seems unnecessary
0: so we we learned though that she collected the frogs and somebody throws a frog hits david's friend in like the face david's going to grab the frog to throw it back and he he grabs the scalpel and cuts his hand so now he he has to go to the nurse's office
1: and nurse ratchet leaves the uh teacher's pet in charge <laughs> One, two,
0: three, four, five. right and she but she's furious with David they clearly have a past where she doesn't like David I guess but uh she thought he was involved in the throwing of the frogs even though he really wasn't and uh then we meet the the nurse the nurse is like kind of like a Maybe like a B-list Faye Dunaway? Yeah, Karen Black. So, drops him off in the nurse, nurse's office. The nurse and nur- and the teacher kind of go at it a little bit. There's a little bit of static between them, because the teacher and nurse, Rad- Ratchet, she just wants to yell about how terrible David is.
1: Yeah, the nurse is a, is a compassionate character. David gets home. He gets out of school. He gets back home. There's no one around. He's calling out for folks, but no one seems around. She's so like, all right kind of a latchkey kid.
0: But the door's open. Like, they try... They, they kind of freak us out. The door's open. The door slams really hard on him. So you're sort of expecting the father to, to come get him. The TV is on, but it's just, like, static.
1: So did you catch any of what he was watching on the television?
0: No, I don't think so.
1: I've never seen it, but I it really stuck out to me because they, they dwell on it. And you see a shadow moving in the background when it cuts back to him watching the television he's watching like a really intense movie there's like people on fire (laughs) it's it's fucking crazy (laughs) and and oh my god what is this the movie playing on the show was this director's other movie from the year before called life force Mm -hmm. huh which i don't know what that is
0: yeah i never heard of that
1: but there's like burning people running around crazy it looked like another science fiction movie
0: right the horror yeah
1: just like oh my god we're just just watching on his after school viewing you know right pretty rough stuff but turns out the shadow in the background was just his mom
0: yeah she's trying to sneak up on him and scare him on purpose which is cute <coughs> David Gardner, feed me mom god don't ever do that <laughs> yeah but so so david is like where's dad dad should be home Mom's not so concerned, but David's worried, and then time passes, and Dad's still not home. Gets to be, like, past dinner time or
1: something, right?
0: Yeah. So the mom decides it's time to call the cops. Here we go. Hi, Chief. Thank you for coming. Sure, Mrs. Gardner. You know Officer Kenny? Ma'am. I was sorry to bother you at a time like this. We would have come earlier, but your husband wasn't dead then. Yeah. They show up, and then, like, they decide to go investigate behind the hill right like david has mentioned the ufo thing and and i think the mom's like embarrassed and tells him to not talk about the ufo thing
1: let's not start that flying saucer nonsense again
0: but anyway the the mom is like yeah he was going to go back behind the copper hill over the hill you know to where the sound sand pit is and we should talk about this set right like the sound stage
1: oh it looks exactly like the 53 one
0: yeah like they redo the 53 one but they also they don't even try to hide the fact that it's just a Soundstage? Yeah, it's just like there's a super short depth of field to a fence. And then behind the fence is just like a painted wall of the sky. It's just
1: the scrim of the sky back there.
0: So when people go back to go over the hill, they basically just like (laughs) walk over to behind the fence and then sort of crouch down. (laughs) Yeah.
1: and (laughs) And that's what I liked about the 53 one. Besides the fact that they actually, with their great lighting on their scrim, got a little bit of depth of field, you see like some of the cops, when they get sucked down in the sand, go like literally go like ah, put their hands in the air and like jump off of a right, you know, a two foot yeah. thing and jump behind. a... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just so funny. I love that.
0: But the 80s one, like they, if they had done a higher production value, but then also like, like you had said earlier that you thought that they were trying to like do an homage or nodding to so these 50s drive in movies, like that's what they were trying to do here, yeah, but. I think the budget, the camp element, the budget of the film is so poor and the production value is so poor that it just looks like that's just part of that, you know, like, (laughs) yeah. So like the whole thing, basically, instead of being a movie, just seems like it's all like TV show quality. Yeah.
1: You know, you're right. It does look like um, an episode of amazing stories or something.
0: Yeah. So the cops go looking for him. And as soon as they leave to go look for him, he pops out from behind, like, just the bushes with somebody else. Who does? And now, George. Oh. George, you scared the hell out of me. Right, so David Baby! and Ellen, uh, David and the mom, are, you know, standing there watching the cops wander off. And George pops out from the bushes. He's got, like, an ID badge on that he didn't have before. He's got a NASA badge. Yeah, like, where the hell is that from? And he's got somebody else who's like from the telephone company with him. Yeah, which is weird.
1: And Ellen says like, since when does the telephone company have to do with anything that you do at work?
0: Yeah. And then the cops come back and there's some knowing nods.
1: Right, because the cops went over the hill.
0: Right, yeah. So they've been snatched.
1: Yeah, they got neck, neck jabbed.
0: They're like, everything all right? And George is like, yeah, everything's okay. And they do the, like, lingering eye looks and... They're like, well, you have important work to do. Yeah.
1: Yes, I do.
0: Yeah, it's it's super emphasized the fact that there's there's a definite plan going on.
1: Won't you have some coffee? Don't be silly, Mary. These gentlemen have some important work to do. Yeah, you too. Yes, I know. The two cops that show up. One is the chief, for one thing. Yeah. Like, I don't, why does the chief show up for a call? A missing persons call? But well, whatever. Maybe it's a really small town. But uh, also, that chief is the actor Hunter Carson, who played David in the original. Oh, yeah. Interesting. He hasn't done much for 40 years, but he gets to come back and do this. He's a cute little kid. He was the quintessential, like, uh, Saturday evening post 50s yeah. kid with his product hair and his little freckles and everything yeah and his and his gee whiz george convinces his ellen into going out for a, a night walk on the dune and uh david is hip to it by now like this is that this means trouble but there's nothing he can do about it because he's just a kid
0: we get more of that weird sound design going you know here when they when they do their walk or when when she's been the, the mom has now been gotten and it's like it's this weird, like crashing noises and like insects walking. You didn't pick up on any of that. This time, it totally went
1: by me. Huh? I was just take I was taken aback by this next scene, which is one of your favorites. It's the next morning
0: with the burned bacon.
1: Yeah, she's just burning piles of bacon and eating raw hamburger meat with like a pile of salt dumped on it.
0: Yeah. So the burned bacon I definitely re- remembered like I have that starred as being being one of the ones where I was like oh that's from this like I definitely remember the pile of burned bacon from something not hungry David he's crunching on the burned bacon
1: and uh, the mom is like hugging him too long yeah and too hard on his way out the door
0: George wants to take him now and the mom's like we can do it later it's like well why later?
1: Why not now? This is the whole thing, right? When he was going to school the day before, he's like, Come on, son, I'll show you the sandpit. And then, like, David kind of got away and hopped on the bus. And today they're like, They're not worried. They feel like they have all the time in the world. Yeah. I'll pack us a lunch. Hamburgers. You like that, don't you? Here's a bit of good filmmaking, I think. The very next scene is David on the playground in one of those crazy jungle gyms we used to have made of all steel pipes. Yeah. Uh, it's a bunch of cubes. It's a, it's a grid, and it's like it's a cage. He's inside this cage, and he's really distracted, and he's trying to deal with all these things he doesn't understand. And I felt that was the one like really representative piece of <laughs> artistic filmmaking.
0: Yeah. It's probably just an accident. <laughs> it was
1: potentially an accident.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the way the ki- the other kid comes up to him. I just remember having this sort of relationship with kids that you, like you they were friends, but he's like, hey asshole is all that shit you told me true
1: he walks up to him and hits the uh jungle gym with an aluminum baseball bat
0: you were sitting about that spaceship crap right that's right i didn't like you know i don't <laughs> i don't want people doing that around me no that's <laughs> obnoxious but <laughs> just the whole like you know Do you making that shit up or what yeah what the fuck are you talking about because he was Man. You know, he was telling him about all the ufo stuff so then in the school he david uh like looking down the hallway, he sees Nurse Ratchet and that cop talking. And Nurse Ratchet says, "Like we're gonna have a midnight meeting with George, the dad." So there's more, you know, stuffs building, shit's going on. He's sneaking around in
1: the in the classroom, and Nurse Ratchet wrote a. Uh... Field trip today at two o'clock or something?
0: Yeah, on the on the chalkboard and he, he follows her into her little back office behind the classroom.
1: What's the first thing that is important in this? What is? Yeah. That you noticed. I don't know. As he's walking towards her, uh she has a, a band aid on her neck.
0: Oh yeah, right. Yeah. I thought you meant like important. Like <laughs> in a more interesting <laughs> way. Uh, yeah, I know. Well, plot plot important anyway plot important yeah right yeah but i mean we knew that anyway
1: right this is a uh, this is david noticing this detail and she's clearly hard at work on something
0: why he's sneaking up on her though like he could just stay in the doorway and watch her but he decides to like move towards her
1: sure got to move towards her
0: she turns around she's got a frog in her mouth Ugh. legs are sticking out
1: and then she just like kind of like gulps it in and swallows it <laughs>
0: So this is, this is like another one. Like, I, I think like the frogs, the frog dissection scene, you know, that's like sort of reminiscent of E.T., which came out before this. Oh, yeah. You know, all the frogs coming to life and, and then. Oh, God, I forgot about that. And then um the Mandalorian, you know, Yoda's always got like, he's got the frog sticking out of his mouth. <laughs> I just feel like, I feel like, I feel like that's another one where like, I've seen that, I've seen that and thought like, where do I know that from? I'm not, I'm not sure if that's this or what, but her her with the frog leg sticking out of her mouth. I think I think that one stuck in my my memory. Did Job of the Hutt have like a a bowl of frogs next yeah, to him that ate too? Yeah, right. Like you just grab them and stick them in his mouth. Yeah, it's a
1: little bit different when you see your your fifth grade teacher choking down a formaldehyde frog.
0: Yeah, it's pretty pretty horrible. And
1: it is horrible. And again, Luis Fletcher sells it. Yeah, she gobbles down with relish, which is great. She like shakes her head back and forth, <laughs> and then like turns on an immediate cold stare. Yeah, and like dabs her lips and is is like, "All right, David." And then like the little teacher's pet comes in behind him with her oh yeah pigtails, little uh, children of the corn girl, right? Whatever her name is. David runs to the the one safe place he knows at this point, which is the nurse's office
0: and Nurse Ratchet is hot on his heels. The nurse sticks her neck out for him. Yeah, Nurse ratchet wants, wants to, like, discipline him immediately. Yeah, Louise Fletcher's like, I'll be back in five minutes. Right. David asks to see the back of the nurse's neck to see if, you know, there's a nub in there or not, and there's not. So then he basically tells her the story. You know, David, that whatever you tell me stays in this room. You're pushing it, sister. And, you know, she's skeptical,
1: but I mean, and why wouldn't you be? Yeah,
0: of course. She's skeptical of the story, but his main point is that the teacher, Nurse Ratchet, has a Band-Aid on the back of her neck, and like he tells her to, to look for that. So then when Nurse Ratchet comes back to get him, the nurse looks and she sees the Band-Aid and kind of asks, you know, hey, you know what happened? I'm a nurse. I could help you.
1: Right, she's like, this is a boil.
0: Yeah, and she's like, "Yeah, it's a boil," and she won't let won't let the nurse touch it. And now because of that interaction, which is <sighs> that one little bit
1: of information.
0: Yes, yeah, but it's like anybody could have a, a legitimate reason to have a Band-Aid on the back of their neck.
1: That's what I'm saying.
0: But now the nurse is like, "Oh, maybe you know, maybe uh, David's
1: right." Like to be fair, also Louise Fletcher's character is acting crazy about it. Yeah, but as far as like trying to deflect away from,
0: don't touch my fucking boil. Yeah, but she seems like the kind of person that probably always acts crazy about everything. (laughs) Well, that's true.
1: A boy. You know, I could help you clear that up if you just let me take a look at it. Don't touch me. I want the boy. She's going to give David the benefit of the doubt. I think more because Kai Wynn is such a fucking bitch all the time to everybody. And clearly David is just maybe a victim of whatever that is that the nurse is willing to go along with this and get the, help get this kid out of here today, you know? Right. And I'd have to be in detention or something.
0: But, I mean, it goes further than that, right? Because now... She opens up the
1: window. She's like, good, get out of here, kid. I'll cover for you, basically.
0: Right. Well, like, the schoolgirl shows up looking for him, and she's like...
1: The silhouette of the pigtails?
0: Yeah, but then the nurse is like, go to my house. Like, leave through my window and go to my house.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. That's a little weird. And the nurse notices... The little pigtail girl has double bandages on the back of her neck, too. Maybe there is something to this cockamamie story after all. I gotta say, uh, after David climbs out the window, he runs by a bike rack full of awesome fucking dirt bikes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's a real treat.
0: Yeah. Mongoose. All of them.
1: They're all there. Huffy. You name yeah. it.
0: He's left the school... He ends up hiding in a van full of. He climbs into an open sliding
1: door in a windowless van. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the one thing you really know from being a kid? Yeah, don't get into the van, especially a windowless fucking van. And help uh, take a
0: bite out of crime. <laughs> yeah, but he sees he sees the pigtail girl. He sees Nurse Ratchet. They're they're prowling around the parking lot so he panics gets in the van and it's full of like cages and animals the red van of horrors yeah it's so it's so weird turns out it's nurse ratchet's van
1: yeah there's a skeleton a human skeleton in there for the classroom
0: so it's like yeah she's like the science teacher and this is the van she uses to go catch her frogs
1: for dissection super creepy
0: it also cuts to like the parents his parents uh, talking to the nurse, right? Cause they've come to get him, I guess. Well, anyway, I don't know. There's this long hallway and they're talking. There's, they're doing this zoom lens while they move the camera, like that, that kind of famous Jaws scene, but they do it just sort of half-heartedly and it's not even a suspenseful moment.
1: David, David. riding in the Kai Win's crazy red van full of taxidermied animals, keeping a low profile, keeping quiet. And she drives out into the hills and just walks down into a ravine. Yeah. And he starts to follow her.
0: This is another like vivid memory I have of the movie. Is So he goes into this tunnel underground, and, and then you see that the tunnel's got organic... Sort of features, but it's clearly, like, the entrance to the spaceship or their underground, you know. Yeah, it's like a colonoscopy. Yeah, and uh, I really remember that, like, <laughs> these these long... and like, they do a lot of... Looks like, like if you were to do Alien but make it a little less scary or do it on the cheap. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of organic alien type of ripoff stuff going on inside this spaceship. I had
1: the exact same feeling. And for the most part, like... These sets look great. I understand what you're saying like they're a little like lighting is part of it, but it's 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 lower production quality. But it's totally that same like Geiger-ish, semi-organic
0: structure. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't know what's technology and what's living. Yeah. So he he goes in the spaceship. He follows Nurse Ratchet. We get to see like the alien king. <laughs> starts out with like a disco party lights come uh-huh. on uh-huh he gets to like the central chamber or something
1: really bad concert lights
0: yeah <laughs> like karaoke lights <laughs>
1: exactly karaoke level <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it was the 80s you know
1: and they they're working with what they got and this this crazy brain thing comes out of like a sphincter yeah. and sits down this i like i gotta say it's, it's fucking insane looking And, you know, it's obviously a puppet, but that's not the point. It's ludicrous, but I like that it is alien. And it comes and it sits and it starts just, like, making sounds. Yeah. It just starts bellowing frequencies. Right. And that's its language. And Louise Fletcher's character starts responding in the same tones.
0: I think that that's fucking great. Yeah, it was interesting. I liked it. I I didn't know what was going on. And then she she starts doing the a-, a e i o u
1: oh yeah yeah her teacher aspect was coming through
0: but like it's like almost like they were happy to just leave it be weird and and yeah you would imagine it if you saw an alien talking to some hybrid that you might not ever be able to understand what was going on
1: While they're communicating, while Louise Fletcher and the uh, Supreme Intelligence, as it is called, they are communicating, her little, her fucking Martian snorkel nubbin comes out of the back of her neck and, like, lights up and is, like, spinning around.
0: It's, like, sparking, right? It's, like, on fire, like a firework. It's super
1: neat and it's super grotesque because we really get to see her now as completely something other. There's no humanity left in, um... The Louis Fletcher character, and at the same time, all of these insane puppet things come out of the walls. Very dark crystal.
0: Yeah, totally. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. Like, I I would look at these things one minute and think that they looked great, and then another minute
1: they didn't realize how stupid they look. Yeah,
0: they <laughs> like, re- If that's what they were going for, they they did it perfectly cuz it would be hard to do that intentionally but
1: they're definitely meant to be part of the camp comedy factor yeah
0: and this is definitely something that would be worth googling like google the 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 weird monsters i, yeah. I don't think i've seen anything that looks like these before
1: they kind of they look a little bit like um the plant monster from the little shop of horrors movie yeah i guess a little bit It was a cross between that and the crab warriors from Dark Crystal. David escapes. However, not before Louise Fletcher lets loose her first, I'll get you. And then I realize uh, her whole motivation is the Wicked Witch of the West. Right. Like, she's having a really good time doing the Wicked Witch of the West this whole show.
0: Uh, Yeah. And I was I'll I was like, you. yeah,
1: she's totally arching maniacally, and it's, it's fucking great.
0: Yeah. I love her. This movie has so many little weird things that remind me of other things, or other things remind me of this movie, but I don't think that's a good thing necessarily, but I'm glad I watched it again. <laughs>
1: he went to the nurse's house, but there was a cop car there.
0: Yeah, so then she... But she finds him outside because she's hiding, I guess. And, man, is he loud. He starts talking about how he found a, he's a tunnel. He's
1: loud. She's loud. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but she shushes him, and he's still, like, just at the top of his lungs explaining how he just saw an alien ship. I guess yeah, maybe it'd be hard to be quiet in that situation. But
1: What did you think about her Mustang?
0: Uh, I guess I didn't think anything of it. I don't remember. Was it a '80s Mustang? It's like that cool, real small one. Yeah, I, I never liked those. It looks good to me now. Yeah, I agree. But at the time, I thought they were terrible. It's pretty. It's it's pretty tight. Yeah, I liked I liked a lot of the cars in this. It's good to see those '80s cars. Really is.
1: Things didn't have crumple zones then. <laughs> no. So he's trying to show her the entrance to the tunnels, but oh,
0: they're not there. Yeah, it's gone. So then for whatever reason, I guess they go to his house. So now she's starting to think maybe he made it all up. She's not sure what she's... There's a point later where she doubts what she's seen. But at this point, she hasn't seen anything. So she's just doubting David generally. So they're at his house. Like, I think she's about to just... Throwing the towel on this whole thing, admitting that like she'd maybe made a mistake. When they see two guys with metal detectors talking to George, and he points up the hill.
1: Yeah, these two guys in orange jumpsuits.
0: Yeah, they're detectorists. It's
1: not made clear to me at all who they work for or what the fuck is going on. So
0: those guys go out
1: there, and they're in the sandpit snooping around, right?
0: Yeah, and so David and... The nurse see them get sucked into the ground.
1: The nurse witnessed this, so now she's totally on board. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think everybody knows where the movie's going from here. It's a chase, so like this is where she, um, the nurse, is going to try and call some authorities, and this is when david is in her car and the school bus comes rolling up real slow and nurse ratchet's driving it and now the field trip yeah but i mean she'd already gone by with all the kids and now she's come back she's got no kids in the in the school bus right she sees david she's come back for him you missed the field trip david gardner And she's like doing, like you said, the Wicked Witch of the West thing. She's like, she's like, you missed the field trip. And And she grabs him and tries to kidnap him. Yeah, right. But then again, like these neck aliens are inept at actually holding a small child. (laughs) So he gets away and the nurse like chases off nurse ratchet and i don't know yeah nurse Ratchet chases him down the street oh right and then she, so then the real nurse shows up with her drives her mustang down
1: and he hops into the basically like dukes of hazards into the window and then gives the double fingers to kai win
0: yeah double fingers
1: and kai wins like i'll get you you're not the emissary <laughs> that's right oh! So they hightail to the school of all places. David, there is one place we can hide. Bad guys aren't far behind. You know, they go into the boiler room.
0: Yeah, I mean, imagine being a school nurse being caught in the basement of a school on a like dirty old mattress with one of your students. It doesn't look good. <laughs> Very troublesome. Yeah. So they're in the boiler room and they're about to get caught, but there's this, like, ground shaking earthquake that happens and it turns out it's like one of these tunnel diggers from the aliens decides to dig a tunnel right to where they are
1: and here you gotta wonder at this point how well this so-called invasion is coordinated (laughs) totally. if their own people don't know when the next where the next tunnel is going
0: yeah and if they're tunneling into the basement of a school what are they doing in the props here
1: that we see, you know, your classic like lawn snowman, there's a drum kit.
0: Is there I missed all of that. <laughs> yeah.
1: There's also um the prop of the Supreme Intelligence from the nineteen
0: fifty three. Oh, really? Show, yeah. They're all about the nods. Huh, interesting. I was just distracted by the mattress, I guess. Like why is there all why is there always a mattress in a boiler room?
1: In every movie where there is a building with a boiler room. There's also like a poor guy who is the super who like lives in
0: the boiler room. <laughs> what a horrible place to live. And loves Jesus or something. Yeah. Let's just get the hell out of this crazy place. Yeah. So they get the hell out of there. The the film kind of takes a turn here. Now we're like getting into like the, I guess the beginning of the end. Right. So.
1: Yeah. We're turning into the third act here. So
0: they, they show up on base for some reason. This kid knows a general, <laughs> <laughs> I guess through his dad. We're going to see the general. General Wilson. Who? General Wilson. We're in the general's office and David asks to check the back of the general's neck. What? Yeah, he's, he complies. And then uh, the general's assistant is like, well, I guess you've got to check the back of my neck too. <laughs> he vol- volunteers his neck. Okay, Miss Magnuson, David, now what's this all about? And this general is sitting there
1: smoking a cigar and he's got his trustworthy sergeant with him
0: Rinaldi his office is like fucking out of sight like this is the coolest office it's crazy and like one side of the room is his like typical big giant hardwood desk you know ornate and on the other side of the room it's like wall to wall computer terminals screens you know keyboards
1: leather chairs and he's got paintings of i don't know if that's supposed to be Eisenhower
0: or his dad it's not him. Yeah. The computer stuff is just amazing. To me, it's like so sexy, but it's like not its like not 80s at all. Like this is all like 1960s style.
1: You've got like a 60s office slash den. Yeah. Where the man smokes cigars and does business and takes meetings. And then, yeah, he walks across the room and there's a bank of monitors.
0: Right. He's got his like... <laughs> Ten different keyboards.
1: <laughs> They're up to some pretty serious shit at this base, apparently.
0: Yeah. So he listens to the story from David, and uh, I guess the the main key is that when they were going into the base to to see the general, they actually saw the two detectorists in the orange suits. So they mentioned this. Right. David says the one, the one thing. How are you going to get this general to really like care? But David does it by saying, like, hey, look, I think you have a security breach.
1: Oh yeah, that's what gets him interested.
0: Yeah, it's like I we saw those two guys, you know, how much do you know about these? You got these NASA people on base. We saw those two guys disappear into an alien spaceship. You know, this could be a security problem. The general's like, This is some pretty unbelievable shit, but yeah, like it's a little hard to swallow. He's not gonna let some somebody, you know, cast shade on this this base with this this idea that there's a security breach. So he's he looks into it.
1: Once this is confirmed, you know, from this point on, like david, david? becomes the person that is deferred to the most yeah. for the rest of the movie, no matter what is going on yeah he is yeah he doesn't
0: leave the general's side. the general's like this
1: <laughs> David, what do you think now? like he is yeah. com- the complete confidence
0: David, yeah, and this is probably why, like as a like a seven year old or whatever, however old I was when this came out. Well, sure, it's f- it's for you. Yeah, I was like, oh, I love this movie. <laughs> Everybody's listening to this kid. But we get George on base. It's wired. He says, like, here's the bomb, and he hands it to, I don't know if it's the guys in the orange suit or somebody else, but then he pulls, like, a little Arnold Schwarzenegger where he's like, You'd better hurry, or you just might blow it. Oh, he's <laughs> <laughs> got a good quip in there. Yeah, it's good. Excuse me, sir. NASA does confirm a visual sighting. A UFO. So then we get what I thought was a really great little bit, which is when. So the there's clearly the scheme to blow up this NASA rocket, and there's like a runaway truck, and we see it from inside the general's office. There's like a monitor.
1: Yeah, it's the truck with the that's uh, a liquid oxygen. Right, tanker. but
0: we see it on like one of the computer monitors in his office, and it's like like a 3D skeleton representation. It's like not a video feed clearly a
1: video game yeah
0: but i mean so, so instead of having a, a live just video feed of the semi crashing into the rocket we get this weird like polygon 3d rendered video game sequence that they're watching on a monitor in the general's office
1: it it's so crazy
0: and then like at the very last second they sort of blend the two that with the real video so that you can actually see like the explosion it was bizarre but and then like that explosion had this really great piece of metal that just went straight at the camera the whole time i don't know if you saw that but like it was like a um, I, you know, I think they were just blowing up a model but they got like a really great serendipitous like just a big hunk of it just like went straight at the camera the whole time and like it didn't hit the camera but it was just a really nice like it was pretty exciting considering the rest of the movie <laughs>
1: this is when your buddy bud court gets introduced
0: yes yeah, so we get two new nerds who are like the nasa on the on-base nasa expert how do you do david we work with your father so like the general's like take us to the sandpit david's like yeah they're at the sandpit and they're at the school so the marines get sent out to both places david david is starting to say like let's just talk to them like maybe maybe they don't want to kill us maybe we don't need to kill them I, it's there's very little evidence as to why he's made this decision but wait a minute whom david, david- yes yeah. so they're down in the tunnels there's a tunnel in the, in the boiler room so a bunch of them a bunch of them drop in there they take the the two scientist nerds including bud court with them and that's when we they encounter the like the wobbly muppet aliens
1: bud court's got a real like ghostbusters egon thing going on egon this reminds me of the time you tried to drill a hole through your head remember that that would have worked
0: if you hadn't stopped me yeah so bud court decides he's gonna try and and talk to them yeah there's
1: some kind of dig they take he explains that he's works with yeah,
0: he's got his hands up he's like doing the international sign of peace thing and these things are sort of like grunting and shifting their weight back and forth and uh he's Talking to him, and they seem to be listening, and he's getting excited. He's like, You guys really, you really understand me. You know, he's saying, like, We're not going to hurt you. And, and, uh, he turns around and, and faces the Marines and says, You know, see, you don't need to shoot. They're great. And then at that second, yeah, he gets like beam annihilated. He's gone. Yeah. yeah. It's a great, great role. You see, they do understand me. <laughs> But then the Marines unleash their firepower and those two those two Muppet monsters are down. But that's where we see this the you know, the one I thought it had like a weird giant side eyeball, but it turns out it's like this yeah, it's like this sort of organic, you know, life form cannon.
1: I guess we don't need it to be explained why they just they burrow and live underground. Though it is a good place to hide, if you have the technology.
0: Well, I mean, it's it's talked about, I think, in both films to some degree. But, like, in this one, they talk about how all the water's underground. And...
1: Right, but as we're about to find out, sort of, I guess they're after copper?
0: Yeah. Did we ever find out why? No. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. Space security just arrested two technicians trying to steal equipment. Steal what? Copper wire, sir. Copper wire? I was excited to watch just to finally figure out why these aliens wanted copper... Because that's what it's oh, like the one thing I really remembered from the movie, and turns out that was not really answered. David, can you take me to that place, to the sand pit?
1: The Marines have been called in, and they're they're surrounding the the sand pit.
0: Yeah, I mean it's just long and dumb, right? Like they're they're surrounding the sand pit, and then they all then they all end up going in, right?
1: General Wilson, and that his right man hand. Wait a minute, that his <laughs> that his right hand man, Rinaldi, kind of falls and tumbles into the sand pit. Yeah, you get sucked down. This is one of the th- effects I feel like are cool in this movie where we get this real, the rippling, like a sandworm is coming at him. Right. Like, is this a halud or what's going on? Sand ripples coming towards him. Then clearly, like, you know, there's a tilt-a-whirl under the soundstage that spins him around and sucks him down. But I actually, I like it. I think it looks cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. And they 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 do this thing where like like they filmed sand falling down yeah and then but then they they reverse it you know so it fills back up after after the person's been sucked down.
1: Well, so David,
0: David David runs in, he gets sucked down, and the the nurse wants to save him, and so she gets sucked down too. So then we see that you know he's waking up in the spaceship and. And we see an implantation happening, right? There's this, like, long needle device is sticking a... Oh, and it's super gross. Sticking an alien in the back of somebody's neck. And we know that, like, he's next and the nurse is next. And he sees, like, the the alien overlord. And he wants to go talk to them because he's had this idea that they should be talking to these aliens instead of just, like, trying to kill them. Right. He wants to go diplomatic.
1: General Wilson! Yes, David! I have an idea. Yeah,
0: he... He tries to talk to the alien. Nurse Ratchet's there. We got the two the two big muppet aliens are hanging around waddling back and forth.
1: And uh yeah, Kaiwin is petting and fondling the uh the beasts.
0: At some point like the this discussion is not going well and David like it attacks him or or something, but David slugs it, like he like punches it like right in the face, the alien overlord. And then like nurse ratchet tries to grab david but he has like his sack of pennies so he hits nurse nurse ratchet with the sack of pennies and then the two muppet aliens they eat nurse ratchet and then they just start laughing but it's it's so weird like like he punches the overlord and then hits her with a sack of pennies and then they eat her
1: (laughs) it's really great it's really funny uh they just gobble her up just like the frog that she ate The Marines show up. And they start shooting their guns, and then there's a lot of like crazy lightning.
0: They have to save Linda. She's she's like on the table to get the implant. The alien has some sort of lightning defense. There's uh shooting going on. The the alien basically decides it's going to retract itself back into its little little butthole room, and
1: yeah, it goes back into the butthole.
0: The spaceship's going to leave. So then they all gotta they all have to bail out of the spaceship. So yeah, I mean it's kind of like they save Linda. You know. David had seen how the gun gets activated with using copper. That's really the only place like the copper comes in is like in order to, in order to use the ray gun. So all the Marines and the general and they're all trapped by like the, the ship is leaving and there's a cave in. So David finds like this, the ray gun, right. And he takes that penny that his dad gave him at the very beginning and puts it in the ray gun. And they shoot their way to out of there, blasts a hole and they, they go, but he stays behind because he wants to save his parents.
1: They figure out through various idiotic means how to get out of the tunnels. And the general's always like,
0: all right, David,
1: let's do it. David, what do you think? David. Yeah. David, what should we do? David. I trust you, David.
0: David. Hey, hey. hey, hey. Well, they ditch David, too. Like, I mean, they get the hell out of there so quick. Linda's like, you know, we got to wait for David. But, like, the Marines and the General, they can't leave fast enough.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. But he gets out of there, and he finds his parents on the other side. David! And the flying saucer, or spaceship, is taking off and it's leaving. And their little, their implants detonate, but not fatally. Right and they are once again themselves and they all hug and they're ready to go back. Oh, that's right. To being a family and it's all over now, man. And then he wakes up like it's a bad dream. Yeah. It's a bad dream? It didn't happen? We're back at the beginning of the movie.
0: That's so frustrating. Well, it
1: sucks. <laughs> they don't nearly do a good enough job of selling this to us. Yeah. tells the whole story dad claps his hands and closes the window like well i guess that was weird they all go to bed and then fucking david sees the spaceship returning
0: it's just such a stupid way to end a movie was it a dream oh maybe it wasn't a dream it's just like i don't i trust me i don't care at this point like (laughs) like it's you just wasted my time marines have no qualms about killing martians but i was wondering i wanted to ask you ryan yes if you enjoyed this movie, but also if you could have one prop from this movie, what prop would that be?
1: One prop from this 1986 movie in the scene where David, David- is approaching Louise Fletcher as she is serendipitously gorging herself on this on this formaldehyde frog. There's one of the classic learn your anatomy models where you pull out and plug in the organs. Okay, There's one of those.
0: It's not the transparent
1: man type of thing, is it? No, it's the one that's just a, a complete plastic model. but I, I remember that it's just like you can pull out the lungs and you can pull out the liver and you put it back together and it, it smells a particular way. But right behind that was a dark room clock. Oh yeah, those are cool. Uh, the big black dark room clock with the white figures and white hand, and I just always love those. Yeah, and I would love to have a dark room clock. Yeah, and you can see them in the dark. So, yeah, it's painted with radium, so you really can see it in the dark. <laughs> yeah. So, what are you thinking of?
0: I think I would I would want the penny from from the movie. Oh, good call. But. Yeah, I think that I think the Penny would be my choice. I mean, the 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 weird alien ray gun would be I guess kind of cool. <laughs> I'm glad I watched it again. I don't I don't think I would recommend it to anybody. <laughs> I don't think it does anything terribly unique or interesting. I give it a I give it 4 escape pods out of 5. Oh, wow. 4. Well, I'm I'm considering that to be a negative like <laughs> how badly do you want to escape the movie?
1: Oh shit, man. We may have arrived at our rating system. So, an escape pod is a negative because you're trying to get away from it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Zero escape pods would be the highest. How many times did you want to escape the pod of the movie?
1: <laughs> Nathan, I love this. I think, I think we may have
0: gotten there. So I, you know, thinking about it again, I, I guess I give it three, three escape pods out of five. Hmm. It wasn't quite as bad. Mm. The the nineteen fifty one was definitely probably a five five escape pod movie. Cause I did I did escape that one. Your body literally shut down. <laughs> how how did you feel about this movie, Ryan? <sighs> well, having
1: watched the fifty three one first, because I screwed up and uh thought that's what we were talking about, I really did understand the tongue-in-cheekness, the attempt, the attempt at making a tongue-in-cheek version of a science fiction movie that I'm sure no one in in 1986 remembered or even cared about.
0: But I, yeah, I don't think I know anybody who's ever
1: heard of this movie. I mean, it's and and I don't mean this in an insulting way. It's it's a B-actor film, and like I said, I don't mean that to be derogatory. These are people who are working their asses off. And especially the mom and the dad. I I think that, <laughs> I don't know, Dan O'Bannon? O'Bannon. I don't know, maybe he's on his way out. Um, I'm going to give it, I'll give it two escape pods. That's not bad. That's not bad. Two escape pods, you know, as we've now stated, away from the
0: thing. <laughs> You're right. Now comes the part of the show where we determine what we're gonna watch next. Space I'm Behind with I'm Behind, Season 1, Episode 8 Dragon's Domain. space 1999 when it was on tv i think i first found it when i started going to like star trek conventions and i could you could get like bootleg copies on vhs
1: wait when did you start going to star trek conventions tell me about this
0: late 80s maybe 1990 91 92 would be the latest so like middle school the end of middle school and high school
1: oh all right so we were like A fifteen and sixteen year old,
0: yeah. And I could drive, so yeah. What was that like? Um, I mean, sometimes it was great, and then other times it was depressing. But I went. I did actually did get to go one time with. Rented a room, and I went with my friend and his girlfriend and his girlfriend's friend. So it was like. Two guys and two girls sharing a hotel room at a Star Trek convention, which felt pretty cool for you know for a virgin high school nerd. Um, and then we proceeded to harass John Delancey, who was staying in the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. I forget exactly what happened, but like we we got on the elevator and hit all the buttons. Tell me more. Before and then he got on the elevator. Oh no. Yeah, but we were off the elevator, but then we knew that he was going to be stopping at every floor, so we were running down the stairs, and then just standing there. That was so embarrassing. Fucking awesome. Yeah. She's an imp, and where she goes, trouble always follows. You're speaking of yourself, Q. Not- Nathan. And, uh, Good strategy. Yeah, I don't, Good strategy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know <laughs> what the point was, but that's where I like would get my Klingon... ID badge made get my uh, Vulcan science Academy graph paper.
1: I'm really happy that
0: we're friends. (laughs) Right. Let's wrap this up. You've been listening to the escape pod. Thank you for listening. Thanks to golden boots for the theme song. You can find us on the internet. SciFiescapepod at Uh, gmail.com. SciFiescapepod on Instagram and on Facebook. New episodes every other Wednesday. Thank you all. We'll see you
1: next time. We'll be here in the escape pod. Woo. David! David! Where are we?
0: David! 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 David, are you okay? David! 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 David, uh, David. For David Gardner. You all right, David?
1: David? David?
0: David! David.